but we're going to be talking about marriage tonight and kind of talking about just what it's about, why it's important, and um, this couple that's here tonight is going to answer your questions. And so you're going to see on the screen behind me, if we can throw that number up there real quick, this number is going to be up here. It's 100% anonymous. So if at any point during the night you have any question that pops into your mind regarding marriage, regarding anything that Rick and Karen are going to say, um, feel free to text that in. It's Like I said, it's 100% anonymous. We won't know it's you. And we'll filter through some of those questions throughout the night and hopefully have some time at the end to answer, answer more questions. So without further ado, I want to introduce to you a couple that's played such a huge role in my life. And Ed and I actually rent from them currently. Um, we joke all the time. Rick and Karen, you can come up here. I feel like weird having you back. Yeah, give them a hand. Is this? Oh, it's working now. Good. We're going to be really cool tonight and sit on these cool couches so you can be envious. I feel like we're on Jimmy Fallon. I really like it. This is for you guys. Can everyone, everyone see okay? Is this good? Yeah, just call me Oprah. Yeah. <laughs> no, but um, we joke all the time, Ed and I say this all the time to our friends, that Rick and Karen literally party harder than we do. And it's the truth. They live upstairs, and sometimes they have people over until 2 in the morning, and they're just, it's the funniest thing, like being downstairs, hearing them, I'm assuming it's usually you guys playing some kind of game around the table with your friends because I always hear you get very competitive and yell things. <laughs> we can hear you too. Yeah, I bet. Uh-huh. Yeah, we have people over. Yeah, it's a good time. Um, but I feel really, really honored that we get to have you guys here tonight. And um, for all of you guys to know, like I said, Rick and Karen have been a huge part in my life. I've known them since... Gosh, I was really little, like seven or something like that. Um, I was telling somebody earlier that I think you guys have played one of the biggest roles in shaping me besides my parents or besides Pastor Steve and Tina, like you guys really observing you over the years and you particular, Karen, like speaking into me growing up has really, really shaped me into who I am today. So I'm so glad that we get to hear from you guys tonight. And yeah, we're just going to jump into this. So hopefully you guys are ready. If at any point I have pink lipstick smeared over my face, just pretend it doesn't exist. So just throwing that out there. <laughs> um, so like I said, we're talking about marriage tonight. And so I think it would be great if we started off, maybe you guys could share a little bit about you, how you guys met or just kind of how you guys got together, got married your first couple of years, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, let's see. Well, it would have been like, cause we've been married going on 39 years and that was, so that's marriage years. Thank you. Thank you. Hand of applause for that. In Hollywood years, I think that's like 1,042. That's like, <laughs> they can't even count that many years. Um, so, but we actually first met, we probably went out for a couple of years before we got married. So 41 years ago or something. Um, I was at that time going to Green River Community College. I had a music scholarship to sing in their jazz group. And um, jazz. me and my best girlfriend from high school, off we went. And um, so my best friend started dating the 
coach and health teacher, professor at track coach. Is that bad? I mean, we were like 22. He was young. Okay. And uh, it wasn't like he was 44 or something. Jeez, Karen. <laughs> he was 25. She was 22. 21. 20. 20. Scandal. Yeah. <laughs> Scandal right there. Scandalous. Anyways. Are you guys so glad we brought them in? <laughs> so, um, she used to talk about, cause, so, Rick was best friends with this, with her boyfriend named Mike. And, um, she used to always, our last name is Steer. And she used to say, yeah, Mike and I did this and Steer that, Steer did this, Steer that, you know. And I was like, who is this Steer guy, you know? I had a boyfriend. I would, I didn't care. And, um, so then the school asked us to, Sue and I, just my friend, uh, to sing at this sports banquet. So we were there and we were going to sing something stupid and, um, <laughs> and I'll, I remember it like it was yesterday. And across the room, about this big of a room, she goes, oh, Steer's here. And I'm like, where? And I saw him. <laughs> I saw him. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh. I said, literally, I said, that's Rick Steer. And uh, that was it. That was the beginning right there. <laughs> yeah, I had a boyfriend, so it took a little while. But... Um, Oh gosh, yeah. He, I, it, but it did take a little while. We didn't start dating for a long time. A, quite a bit of time. We, we had to get rid of some people. <laughs> and, uh, so, but then that started and we dated for about a year-ish and, um, got married and then right away moved to Ellensburg because Rick was going to go to Central. And get his master's degree in counseling. So we had a really fun, fun couple of years in Ellensburg as newlyweds. And uh, there's lots of stories about th- that time and how, man, so much happened. But uh, so that's kind of the beginning. Yeah. Awesome. Love that. You Rick, you have anything to add? I think you can. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, I will Hello. say that. Um, Karen had never lived outside her parents' home. I was I was working for Boeing at the time, and uh, she had just turned 20, and I'd, I think I'd just turned 25 or yeah. something. Yeah. So off we go to Central, no family, new church, and we had an absolute blast, getting to know people and getting to know ourselves and building our relationship. That's awesome. Along those lines, kind of you guys starting out in a fresh place like that, no, like you said, no family, no, no friends that lived there at the time. How, what, what would you say in that season is one thing that you guys feel you really did right starting out? <laughs> I learned how to cook. <laughs> and you are great at it. Thank you. Yes. I really didn't know how to cook anything when we first got married. But I did, you know, I wanted to please him, so certainly wanted to know how to cook. Uh, I have something to add to okay, that. Go. I got more than and, that. And I was such a great provider that uh, we had a crock pot and an electric frying pan. And that was it. We didn't have a stove even. But uh, she did a great job. And it was, again, the adventure of starting uh, our lives together. Yeah. What did we do? 
Yeah, some things you feel like you did right starting out. Starting out. <laughs> um, we stumbled on a great church. Uh, Karen was kind of brought up in the Assembly of God tradition, <clears throat> and she had family in the area, actually, and they were all in this particular Assembly of God church. My background was Catholic. I was raised Catholic. So we walk into an Assembly of God church, and it's the old style, fire and brimstone. You know, the pastor's angry, and you're going to hell for this, and you're going to hell for that. And we didn't like it. So, uh, in fact, we quit going, and there was a knock on our door, and the elders came to visit us, um, which totally turned me off. But we, we found out about this little church. It was meeting in an old... Uh, renovated tavern they'd hauled in this building and it was a christian missionary alliance church and the place was rocking just young people like you guys and we fit in and they had a great music department and uh it was just a, an awesome experience that i would say was really a good thing that we did was find a church that we felt a part of and also we we didn't have hardly any money but we really figured out how to have a lot of fun without having any money. And that was, we, we still look back at those two, two, three years in Ellensburg and think of all the really cool times we had. With no money. And it didn't involve money. Mm -mm. Just, so that was kind of fun discovering how to do that. Because uh, so many times you think, you know, well, fun equals you got to have money to do it, and it's just not true. Even, you know, 39 years later, some of our funnest times, it's got nothing to do with having money. Um, I might be jumping the gun a little bit on this, but something that I feel like, it's not so much of when we were newlyweds, but that I feel I've done right, I'm still doing it, um, is figuring out what my husband likes and what my husband doesn't like, for that matter. And um, it's just, I, it's really important. It seems so simple, but it's really important when you think about it. And um, one thing that I, I learned pretty early on um, is, it, I, again, it's not earth-shaking, but it was important. It still is important. Like, I'm a girly girl, and uh, so I like, you know, dressing up in jewelry and sparkles and all that kind of stuff. I do have a whole other side. I like to fish and hunt and all that kind of stuff. So, um, but that didn't come till later. But uh, I soon began figuring out that if I was in a little black dress and a really cool pair of black high heels... Rick would always say, he'll, to this day, he'll say, you look, you look good. <laughs> but I had to figure out early on that Rick would rather a pair of good, keen hiking boots, good pair of jeans, a flannel shirt, maybe unbuttoned down to there. <laughs> Not a lot of makeup, <clears throat> maybe a hat. That's what he liked more. And so... That's something to figure out. 
And if you, if you don't figure it out right away, you can have your feelings hurt. I did have my feelings hurt in the beginning a little bit over things like that. But so it was getting to know, you know, those kinds of things. And, and what does he like to eat? And what does he like to, what brings him joy, you know, outside, outdoor things? And just, I loved it. It was a, it's a cool challenge. And uh, then, like I said, too, figuring out what he doesn't like, you know. That's such such a good point. Um, I love I love that you said that because it's such a simple thing. But I do even for myself, like almost a year in being married, I think that's something. It's easy because when you're dating, it's really easy to continue to get to know one another and know one another's preferences. It's like you just that's what you do on dates is you ask questions and you just get to know about them and their past. And then there's something that I think can sometimes happen when you get married is it's like this assumption comes over you like we know each other, but there's still so much that you have left to discover about the other person. How I, I would love to ask you guys this question along those lines. How over the years, maybe when you first started or even now, how do you guys continue that getting to know one another process in your marriage? Well, that's a, that's a great key to any strong relationship is uh, that is an ongoing process. I like to tell people my background um, counseling. I've been a marriage counselor for 35 years now, I think. Um, I like to tell people that, yeah, I've got all the credentials. I've got a master's degree. I've got all this. I've got all this experience, but I do not yet think I've obtained the kind of husbandship that I need to have. So I'm still learning. I'm still growing. And I'm, I'm not ashamed or afraid to say that. And, and Karen um, touched on something. I would kind of couch it this way, uh, learning to live sacrificially. Uh, it's the key to me. That is the number one key to a, a relationship that's going to last. She says learning what his likes and dislikes are. Uh, that's a two-way street. It, it needs to be reciprocated doesn't it? So she's a girly girl. The last thing on my uh, to-do list would be, let's go downtown Seattle and get a motel or a hotel and go out for a nice dinner. But I knew she really likes to do that. So I did that. And guess what? I learned that I can like that. Her family grew up uh, laying in the sun. Last thing I want to do is... Lay in the sun. If I was going to get a tan, it was going to be because I was fishing without a shirt. But she liked to lay in the sun, so, you know, we laid in the sun by the river. And then pretty soon I realized, oh, yeah, I kind of like this. So now one of the things we like to do is we'll, we'll go to Mexico and we'll lay in the sun a whole bunch and do nothing. But you're doing something. We talk. We walk. She likes to look down. I, I often say, Karen taught me to look down. And what that means is she loves shells, she loves rocks, starfish, that kind of thing. Well, I love that now too. So one of the things in our adventure series was, we're going to go over this beach in Mexico because we know that there's a certain kind of shell. So we're walking along and Karen gets stung by a, a stingray. Very, very painful. But an adventure. 
It was epic. We got through it. It's a good story. <laughs> Learning to live sacrificially, though, is, is huge key for any any relationship. I, I will add this too. This is really really cool. We were talking about you know kind of getting to know what each other likes, and one of the coolest gifts Rick ever gave me, and it wasn't that long ago. He printed it up on a piece of paper, and and it was. Um, it came with a book, a rock hunting book. I really do love to go find things out in the wilderness. And um, if you saw our house, we have rocks <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> and um, got the rock hounding book, and then we were going to go on an adventure. We have a camper on our truck, and and we did it. And off we went into this way up in these hills where nobody was, and it gave you a map and everything. And we found these these crystals. We found crystals. <laughs> And um, I'll just never forget it. It was the coolest thing ever. He knew what I liked. That's so cool. So would you guys say, I know this because we live with you guys, but you, you go on a lot of trips together. But even week to week, other than taking vacations together, what, what are some things that you guys do to continue to have that dialogue and getting to know one another? Do you have date nights? How does, what does that look like for you guys? <laughs> um, well, yeah, I mean, we really try to, we don't really have a specific date night every, you know, but we are at the point in our lives where empty nesters, our kids are all gone. It's pretty easy for us to decide to go out. Um, sometimes it's a challenge to just turn the TV off. Turn the TV off. And um, just sit on the couch and, and visit. It's, I love that. It sounds so simple, but I actually had mentioned to Brittany because I thought they're going to think we're so weird. Um, <clears throat> like I said, we have a camper and it's on our truck out in the front yard. Well, every now and then on a weekend night, we'll just go out in the camper. <laughs> Put one little light on, maybe a candle, take, you know, a little snack, something to drink, and there's no TV. And it just forces us to be in this tight little spot all together. It's just a simple thing like that. Talk or play Bananagrams. Do you know what Bananagrams is? I don't like it. <laughs> the reason I don't like it... Sacrificial. This, yeah. Hey, guys, it's, it's true. Women do way better than guys on word games. Anybody? Scrabble, bananagrams, that kind of stuff. Um, gosh, I had a, I had a thought there. This is it. Uh, make it a point to talk, even and especially when you don't want to. Uh, we were in the midst of raising young. We have three boys. And your lives get really hectic when you have kids. Uh, you've made your parents' lives very hectic. <laughs> so Karen would say, hey, Rick, uh, can we go to, the, there was a place in Fedway called Marlene's. Anybody ever been there? Yeah. That's, and she, she would say, uh, can we go get a cup of coffee? And that was code for, I need to talk to you. And I, and I immediately start going, okay, what have I done this time. But the thing that I want to emphasize is 
yes, it was going to be painful. Yes, it was going to be awkward. Yes, we'd probably both get mad. Yes, it would be uh, take some time. But it was so important that we both were able to sit down and talk through that stuff. And again, your commitment is what's going to drive you to do those kinds of things. There's nothing that cannot be solved if you're willing. That's a motto that I've always taken to heart and I've always tried to teach people in marriage counseling. There is nothing you cannot solve, particularly when the Lord is with you, in you, and all around you. Uh, he just touched on, you know, maybe having a fight or an argument. And something that Rick and I put into place a really long time ago in our marriage was, um, for the most part, we don't say, I'm sorry. We say, I'm sorry, will you forgive me? And you try it sometime, even with a girlfriend or your parents or your buddy, you know, whatever. It makes a big difference when you, you have to really mean it when you say, will you forgive me? And so that's something we've done for a long time. That's so good. What, um, what would you guys say maybe are some, some keys that you have learned over the years to that whole communication thing? Obviously, taking the time to talk um, and conflict management is in that, but maybe just some keys in general you guys have learned with that. Hmm. Talk about the latest thing we're working on. Well, I've, it's something... What's that? Oh, no, no. <laughs> Maybe that'll come up. Um, actually, something that I thought about was um, maybe kind of what you're also thinking about. But I'm going to go back to when um, the, kid, the boys were little. Three boys pretty close together. And I've always been a stay-at-home mom once, once I started having kids. And uh, there were times, you know, when I was like, whew, it's been a long day with these three boys, and I can't wait for Rick to get home. And uh, he'd come in that door. He'd worked hard all day. He'd come in that door, and I would just unload on him. And not very nicely. You know, tell him everything that went on that day, everything I was unhappy about, and the boys did this, and the boys did that, and blah, 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 you know. And he just got in the door. And it became a problem. And he, we really had to talk about it. He said, you know, I just, I'm just getting in the door and you're just, you know, puking on me. And, uh, and he, he, I'll never forget it. It was very serious. He said, I'm, I'm almost feeling like I don't want to come home. Not leave me, but just I'm not looking forward to walking through the door. And, um, boy, that really hit me hard. And, but we had to talk about it. It's like, what do we do? Because I feel this way and you feel that way. And he, he, I remember we came up, he said, just give me, was it 20 minutes? 20, 15, 30 minutes to take off my work hat and put on my husband hat and my father hat. I just need a little bit of time. I said, okay, I can do that. That was a huge lesson for us, something that worked. And, um, and also I was going to say, just as a wife and as a woman, um, kind of going along that line, I've learned, I'm learning this. I, boy, I don't have this down yet. To 
not say everything that I want to say all the time. I should have got a big shout from the guys right there. Um, but sometimes, literally, in my mind's eye, I don't physically do it, but in my mind's eye, I'll think to myself, Let, just put your hand over your mouth right now, Karen. And it, you know, I could explain lots of different times and reasons for that, but you can figure it out. <laughs> Flip side of that is, um, again, back to the theme of my theme anyway, living sacrificially, I backed up, and on the way home, I took off the work hat, put on the husband and father hat. In other words, I made a, a conscious effort to lay the work aside, walk in the door prepared to be a husband and a father. Um, I, I also mentioned that our latest thing, and probably the last, what, two, three years? Um, we've been working on saying okay instead of wanting to present our side of it. To say, okay. Yeah, but. Like saying, yeah, but. Yeah, not yeah, but, but okay. Because the types of discussions that we're talking about, there's always going to be two sides to it. There's my side, there's her side. Uh, and a key to good communication is making sure that you understand their side. Second to that, or more important, probably, is making sure they understand you understand. And there's only one way you can do that, is play it back. Uh, I hate this terminology. I've been in counseling most of my adult life. What I hear you saying is, you've probably seen movies where the counselors always say something like that. But it's a great line, because really what you're trying to communicate is, I've heard you. And there's... Very little in communication that feels as good as being understood, huh? But what do we do? Particularly when we're upset with one another, we are just laying in the weeds waiting to present our case. And we are using the other person's words against them instead of saying, trying to understand exactly where they're coming from, what their heart says, what their feelings are, and things of that nature. And then... Again, if the other person is reciprocating, you can state your side. But there's a couple keys there. What we're working on now, I want you to hear that. We've been at this 40 years. We're still learning. We're still growing. And about the time you think you got things down, one of you is going to change. Uh, Karen just turned 60 this year. I'm... Uh, fast approaching 66, and it's different. You know, it's not like we're in our 20s anymore. That's a key. You're always going to be changing. You're always going to be growing. There's never going to be a time when you finish knowing one another. What, um, along the lines of changing, because you guys obviously married almost 40 years, so you've gone through a lot of different seasons, like you just said, together. Um, with kids, now without kids in the house. Um, how, that's true, we're downstairs, <laughs> we're kids. Um, <laughs> no, but you, you've transitioned through a lot of different seasons and, and weathered some, some difficult times over the years. How, how have you guys managed to still come through that with your marriage intact, strong, 
having fun together, if that makes sense. Is it like getting through the tough stuff? Mm -hmm. More or less? Yeah. Yeah, because you know after 39 years, we've been through some tough, tough stuff. And, um, I mean, I have to say, first and foremost, having the Lord Jesus at the center of our relationship. Sometimes I, you know, I see and hear things people go through, and I think, how, how do they do it without Jesus? And um, <clears throat> so that's first and foremost. And um, as I think of some of those things that we've been through, I think um, it's Jesus, but it, it's important if you can have a support group around you, whether it's your family or even just a couple, four or five friends, really good, solid, safe friends, that can really help. And um, it's a commitment to be together no matter what. Um, we have been through death, uh, you know, in our family members, uh, a kid on horrible drugs, um, sickness and disease, and um, I, I've always said, you know, you have two choices as a married couple when really bad things happen. You have a choice to come together and end up closer than you've ever been when you get to the other side of it, or you have a choice to go in opposite directions. You know, a lot of people get divorced when they have a child that's born with a disability or something, somebody that, a spouse that gets sick for years. Lots of couples, they don't, they don't make it through that. And um, it's, it's a big choice to say we're going to lock arms and we're going to get through this together and it's going to make us stronger. And we can really say that those things I mentioned... Um, They've made us stronger as, a, as husband and wife. Did you want to say something? I just wanted to kind of piggyback on uh, how important the Lord is to the bottom end of a relationship. When I mean the bottom end is when you face tough stuff. And it's all relative. You know, when you're a young person, uh, the things that are really difficult for you will be different than when you're older or when you're married or whatever. But it's all relative, and uh, there's never been a time in our 40 years that I haven't trusted that the Lord was going to be there, walk us through, and we'd get to the other side. There hasn't been a time when I wasn't committed to Karen, that I was going to be her husband no matter what came. And that's a decision. That just doesn't grow on you. I mean, that's that's something you have to decide. And it's not a single decision. It's sometimes uh, it comes up from time to time, and I'm reminded, no, I'm. that's not something I'm going to entertain because I'm going to live the rest of my life with this woman. I am going to serve the Lord Jesus for the rest of my life. Karen mentioned we, one of our sons was uh, on some, well, it was meth. And we went through three, four years. There were times when we didn't know where he was, whether he was alive or dead. 
And uh, I had these graphic images. I'd be driving down the road, and i see my son laying in a ditch. And if I choke up, it's because it still affects me. I'd see a bullet hole in the middle of his forehead and blood trickling down into the ditch, dead. And I would shout, I don't care what you bring at me. I will never stop serving the Lord Jesus Christ. That's my response. That sounds almost weird, doesn't it? But I knew what was going on. My faith would not be shaken. And you know what? My faith cannot be shaken. My faith in my marriage, in my wife, in the overpowering journey with the Lord that is, is you know, I'm, I can't be shaken. I've been through some stuff. We've been through some stuff together. Uh, so why am I saying this? Life is going to bring stuff to you. It happens. You're not going to be able to avoid pain in your life. But never forget where the Lord is in that journey. Don't let him shake you. Don't let the enemy shake you on that kind of stuff. And if you have to shout out, I mean, there were times when I felt absolutely ridiculous because I'm driving down I-5 and I'm screaming at the top of my lungs, you cannot shake me! And then I look around and see if anybody's <laughs> watching. They're thinking, who is this crazy guy driving down the road <laughs> screaming at the top of his lungs? Yeah, yeah, at the devil. So don't be afraid to live life. Don't be afraid of the pain that comes at you. Uh, recommit every time. So I heard you guys talk a lot about commitment and sticking together through through those really, really challenging times. Um, were there anything in particular, you talked about your faith in God, obviously, and, and standing firm in that together. Was there anything in particular that you found yourselves doing in those more difficult times that helped you stay committed to one another? Um, I'm assuming it was never a point where you were like, considering getting divorced. There's a lot of questions that came in about your guys' view on that and how that, how you navigated that in those difficult times, um, as most couples do at some point. Um, maybe you could speak to that a little bit. Well, one thing just about even the word divorce, Rick and I, um, again, in the very early, early stages of our marriage, we decided that we would never joke about it. If we were having a fight or an argument, didn't matter how pissed I was at him or <laughs> he wasn't me. Um, in that argument, we would never say, why don't you just leave? We would never get close to that. And we, we always said that. It was just like the unpardonable sin. We just weren't not going to... And that's a decision. Yeah, that's a decision. Um, <laughs> but I don't know if I answered the question. You know, I, some of this stuff is not going to make too much sense to you. Now, how many people are married in here? Well, there's just a couple. Um, but I, I want to say this to you, that if anything, just kind of listen to what we're saying and uh, I, I would not say I'm an expert. I, I, we've just lived a lot of life together, and, and we're just sharing things that are meaningful to us and um, what we think has helped us go through this stuff. And Karen is, is right on. We 
would not go back on our commitment. And it's such an important thing. Marriage is not a light thing. Uh, secondary to your commitment to the Lord Jesus, there will never be a, another one as important as your commitment to marriage. Um, I don't know what your doctrine is. You know, I've, I've been around people that think that the Lord selects one person for you, and your your quest is to go find that one person. Um, I'm not of that school. I believe if you find a person you want to commit your life to, with Jesus involved, with the Holy Spirit helping you, you can make that relationship work. Um, I was married before. Karen said we had to get our old relationships out of the way. She is not the reason I got divorced. I always say that. But um, I know what failure is in marriage. I know what success is. I know the difference. I know what made the difference for me was I committed myself to her. I'm not going back on that commitment, and that's forever. Uh, a lot of stuff goes into that, but this is a decision. Marriage is not something to be taken lightly, but it is something everyone can do and do successfully. So good. Um, I know we're like over time, so two questions and we'll we'll wrap it up. But um, kind of you alluded to this a little bit, but what would you what would you guys say in general is the reason that you believe marriage? is so important, so sacred of a commitment, um, if that makes sense. Well, from a selfish standpoint, um, marriage has made me a better man, a better person, a better Christian. Uh, it's, it's living out our, our, our commitment to Christ. Christ is this thing that we, we can't feel can't touch. I can touch Karen. I can commit my life to her. I can experience, um, you know, not too long ago, this is kind of a, a sidebar I'll, I'll share with you because it made such sense to me at the time. I had a moment where I, I was grieving for something one of our kids was going through. It really affected me. I, I was Karen was worried about me. I was just sad. And in the midst of that, I, I heard the Lord say to me, this is how I feel for all my kids. Uh, and in, in a strange kind of way for me, when I sacrifice for Karen, when I think about my wife and how much I love her, I get a tangible result of what being a Christian is like and, and the Father's love for me. I get to demonstrate that. Uh, it, I wish I didn't have to sacrifice sometimes. In other words, I wish it would just come natural to me. I wish I didn't have to make a decision. Okay, let's let's play Bananagrams. <laughs> but I'm going to do it for her because I want her to be happy. Thinking about marriage, you know, why, why get married? A lot of people say it's just a piece of paper. Yeah. But... I mean, when you are going through the um, ceremony of your marriage, those words are pretty, we took them extremely serious. And you are, it's like an accountability before God and all these witnesses. Yeah. You know, 
And um, I don't know, it just, it just, it doesn't make it easy no. to decide not to be there anymore. That's really good. Um, maybe one last question to wrap it up. I, I feel like we could keep going at this all night, but we are out of time. Um, if you could tell all of us in this room maybe one last thing of how to find yourself in a successful, happy, fun, thriving marriage, what would, what would that be? Well, it probably won't be one thing, but uh, don't compromise and um, work at it. I've done a lot of marriage counseling. I've done a lot of premarital counseling. And I always tell the couples I work with, I said, this is not in any way a guarantee that you're going to have a successful marriage. What it is is coming to a conclusion that you've got what it takes to start. Because every day, that commitment. Every day, you're going to learn and grow. And, uh, so don't compromise. Don't get in a situation. And, and whether it's marriage or not, if you're in a relationship, make sure you, you develop a commitment to do the very best by each other, which means don't accept junk. Don't accept being treated poorly. That doesn't mean walk away the first time you're treated poorly. Say something about it. I've said things to Karen and hurt her deeply, uh, not knowing that I was hurting her deeply. I, I might have been frustrated with something at work, and I, I used a tone or something. One of the things I've always loved about Karen is she's willing to get back in my face. Little five-foot-two thing. You know. <laughs> I was a linebacker in college, and she gets right up in my face. and I love that about her. And I love that because she's not going to compromise for being treated poorly. You don't deserve to be treated poorly. Ladies, you, you deserve to be treated like a queen. Men, you deserve to be treated like a king. And if you learn to live that sacrificial life, can you imagine this for a second? You won't want for anything. Because your wife is going to treat you in a way that makes you want to treat her in a way that, you get it? I love to make my wife happy. I love to see the smile on her face when we're looking for crystals in the mountains or when we go to dinner someplace. She feels the same way about me. That was nice. <laughs> no. I have a cold sore on my lip. No kissing. Um, yeah, you said it really good, Rick. I knew the cold sore would come up. <laughs> Bright lights on me. I'm like, bummer. Okay. Um, I'm just going to say, you said it so good. Um, tell the truth. Be always. Yeah. And forgive easily and have a sense of humor. Sometimes you can take everything so serious. Rick was more serious when I first met him, you know, and uh, <laughs> no, I've brought out his crazy yeah, side. I married my mother. 
No, you would have to know what his mother, when he said that she was funny, she was pretty crazy. Like crazy. Anyways, I think it's really important to have a sense of humor and um, because life just throws so much at us, you know, you just, if you can just take a moment after it all and laugh about it a little bit. See the humor in it. Yeah, that's a good thing. So good. Well, thank you guys so much for being here tonight and sharing what you did. I'm sad we ran out of time, but um, for all the other questions that came in, we'll, we'll keep those for next week. We're going to have our Q&A panel, um, so we'll be able to get to some more of those. But um, Rick and Karen will be here for a couple more minutes, maybe after service. If you have a question that you really wanted to have answered and it wasn't, feel free to come up and meet them. They'll be here for a couple minutes. But I hope you all, I know there's only a handful of people here that are actually married, but I hope you all took this in and really sowed some wisdom into your heart for when, when you're in a future marriage and need these kind of things to think about and remember. So I hope you wrote down some stuff tonight and go back and listen to the podcast because everything they said tonight was just so, so good. So let's pray and we'll be done and you guys can head out. But God, we just thank you so much for um, just this group of young adults. And I thank you that we got to hear from Rick and Karen tonight and the wisdom that they shared and just the seeds that were planted in every single person tonight. God, that as they find themselves in future relationships and future marriages, God, I, I just thank you so much that you are causing them to do the things now that are going to build a healthy life, God, and build a healthy marriage and a healthy future family and all of those things because that affects everything around them, God. And just thank you for what you're doing here and um, your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys. Thank Have you. a great night and have fun. <laughs>